weird, I'd just get even a little weirder. <laughs> um, but the desk on the sidewalk was so positive of, of interaction with citizens and really, you know, I said, you know, what if I want my council to see things at the same time? In other words, it's one thing to sit behind a desk, which is what our job is. I'm not knocking it to sit behind a desk and make decisions. Uh, although the council position is much more complex. You know, you have phone calls, you have to go see things, you meet with constituents, I and mean, I've been there. I, I was the mayor pro tem for two terms, so I know how it works. On the flip side, you don't really get that interaction from a picture or from just, you know, one static thing, okay, or even one static subject. So my idea was we're going to all get on something that moves and we're going downtown. I have this giant Cadillac from 1962, but it doesn't run very well. So I said, and at first I thought about trying to get that thing going. And then I said, nah, you know, that's not going to work. You can't talk. You can't really see. Uh, Plus, it's a big bomb. So I said, I'm going to rent a trolley. There was really nothing else to rent. It looks like you're going on a party. I'm sorry the way it looks because that's what we use trolleys for. A school bus was probably too big and uh, the trolley was available. So we set it up and it did just what I needed. It was a team building exercise. When every council person goes to each other's district and the kind of task at hand was show me three or four things that work, show me three or four things that don't work. Tell me where you want to head. Show me what, what, is the, what is the biggest issue that you think is holding your district back or, or you know, is a real, it can be infrastructure, can be community-based, can be, you know, whatever you want. So then we got in the trolley. It was fun because the council person got behind because the, the bus driver didn't know New Iberia. So no problem. You work with what you got. She was a very nice lady. So each council person stood behind the, the trolley driver and told him where to go. Mm-hmm. So they total control. Okay. When we get out your district, you know, the next person steps up. So it worked really well and it was fun, but it made tons of conversations. Uh, you know, and good ones, not just about, of course, there were drainage, there was sewage, there was all the, inf- the roads, okay? Let me tell you, you ride around New Iberia in a trolley, and you will really see how bad mm. our roads are, which we know. I talk about them all the time. Uh, ride on the new streets, the $12.5 million we got going, you, you see a big difference. Uh, all those people who said no to the tax proposition that was not a new tax burden, I wish I could, okay, but we can't do that. Um, but it was good. So, you know, uh, and we got into deep conversations. Okay, go through a district and see that we have torn pretty many houses down. Okay. But the shock when you're all together of the amount of blight that is left in our community, the amount of houses that have been abandoned, adjudicated, or the amount of houses that are just, they might be paying the taxes, but the house is falling apart. Uh, the, tr- the litter, the amount of litter. Okay. And, and then, you know, you would point that out in every district, and it was kind of rampant through the whole city. People just, you know, for whatever reason, throw things out that car window. It's very obvious. And I live on the Louisville Road where my wife and I pick something up every day. Every day there's some trash that somebody just, you know, finished their sonic drink and chunked it out the window. But so a lot of talk about litter, a lot of talk about adjudicated properties, a lot of talk about once we tear them down and we have these empty lots, Yes, it's better because the neighbors are not being inflicted upon by this blight. On the flip side, we've got to find a way to encourage development because nobody wants to represent the empty lot. Um, but good discussion. You know, we have about a million dollars set aside to clean all the drainage canals in the city. And we have many complaints and, and many areas that are overgrown. Uh, we have a lot of areas that's going to be difficult that people have put things in our right of way, and they're going to have to, you know, we're going to clean the canal, but they're going to have to put them back, you know, or, or get them off of our right of way, a lot of fences. But uh, 
so that was good. Then in each district, the council person said, you know, we'd even visit the canal that we're going to clean uh, so that we could talk about it. Uh, that engineering is going on right now, right away, uh, getting right aways and making sure that we, you know, are, that we already have them. Uh, that's coming. That should be it in two or three months. So drainage was a big issue. Uh, roads were an issue because once you'd hit a road that the trolley was shattering, chattering your teeth, you were like, is this one we're fixing? And, you know, they're not all one we're fixing. I mean, they're not. We have $12.5 million, and we're halfway through our road program. So a lot of streets were ridden on that need to be fixed that we know it, that we're not going to address now. So that prompted a whole lot of conversations about, you know, where do we go from here, trying to generate revenue, trying to come back to the voters again, you know, what, what do we do? Because we know we got to do something. Or we can just give up like every other mayor and do one road program, which to me is not acceptable. And to the council, it's not acceptable. So really good, positive. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, so we spent, we had three hours because I didn't want to pay more than the three-hour minimum. And we made it, I mean, to the wire, <laughs> but got back to City Hall in time to send them on their way. So it was well worth it. Uh, I think that it, uh, they enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I believe that... Uh, it did a lot of good to help us work as a team and to understand each other's issues. So, Very cool. Anyway, and it was fun. And nothing actionable took place uh, during the meeting, but do you think anything comes forward uh, as an actionable oh, yes, kind of I item? Oh, yes, I do. I think that we're, we're already having discussions about litter and about, uh, you know, we do have some ARPA money left that is, uh, I think we have $50,000 that will go toward a litter program. I think you'll see that we're thinking of ideas to do with that. Uh, we picked the site for the first community garden. We had a little money set aside to do a community garden, and we knew that we wanted it somewhere in the Park Elementary School. We rode by the school. So on the bus, it was just kind of a good view. We picked the spot where that's going to go. So, yeah, as we got to various parks, you know, um, we suggested that we would end up with a marker that kind of told the history of the West End Pool. We would do the same thing because the pool is going to turn into a skate park at Sear Gates. So then, then, you know, while we discussed and we said, you know, let's get a marker that kind of tells that history for both parks. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I could probably go on all day. Just everywhere we went, when you have that many people, that many odds, and everybody's looking at the same thing. And, again, it's not some static picture of, hey, I got a problem in my, in my district. Yeah, I, I believe you're going to see a lot of small ideas that were generated come forward. And uh, more of a catalyst to make, uh, you know, just to make things happen. All right. Um, look forward to that. Uh, council met then on Tuesday night in their regularly scheduled meeting. You know, I, I listened back to it yesterday, but uh, distracted on a couple of occasions. Did Zach uh, Mitchell? No, he never made it. Okay, I was going to say, it. I didn't, I saw it back on the agenda here, and I, I couldn't remember uh, his uh, address, but... Uh, the You Are Wonderful campaign Correct. folks may have uh, seen some signs out and about. I'm sure he'll probably try and uh, reschedule. Oh, I'm sure. Some special business in regard to uh, the Clico uh, veto yeah. that you did. And, you know, I, I, I still question whether or not you needed to veto it because didn't it just give you uh, permission to negotiate? Just Well, if I didn't veto it, then the original proposal would have become law. So what we would have gotten was we would have had our, 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 our franchise agreement would have been sealed. So it wasn't so much giving you the opportunity no, was, to negotiate. It was the actual contract. Yes, it was the okay. contract. 
So what I couldn't allow, if you went to the original contract, we had no patrolling of lights. We had no guarantee that we would get a check for any kind of money. We had no guarantee about the solar panel stuff to ease that up. We had nothing about them patrolling their own product, with, i.e. the street lights. We had no additional street lights. So you, the deal that they brought that was the cookie cutter mm-hmm. deal that we spent uh, a month and a half negotiating on, that's what it would have reverted to. So gotcha. I, mean, I, I just couldn't do that. Understood. So that's what it was. And I had never vetoed anything. So the, I wasn't even, you know, it's fun to go through the process. So I bring it back for the council to have an opportunity, if they wish to, to override it. And so I, that's that's You're their pretty chance. sure on this one then. Yeah, I would say that. And I hope I don't ever have to veto anything. But, you know, I had to do this one. And the whole council understood. Uh, the four that voted for what we voted on and would have loved to have proceeded with realized we weren't getting what we voted on. You know, they weren't. The three that voted no, well, they were happy that, you know, it, it died too. So uh, I don't think any other veto would ever be, you right, know, would right. have such a, a – a, receptive audience let's just say um but anyway so of course nobody overturned it we had a good discussion in uh, fact did you uh, suggest you have been talking to clico since uh, i got a call and and uh from uh one of the senior vice presidents that they're interested in continuing the discussion so i wanted to you know full disclosure as always bring that up to the council we had a discussion about that um and every council member said you know keep negotiating so now with that, I will continue. I mean, they, they have to act on something. It'll be introduced and brought, you know, if we ever get back to that point. But uh, I am planning on, I took a calendar out, and I'm going to kind of look. Uh, one of the things that Clico offered is the senior vice president, who in 24 months did 38 franchise agreements. So I think he kind of knows what he's doing. Uh, he would like to meet with council members, okay? And I, I floated that idea, and they said, sure. So uh, that'll be the first step. Um, we'll kind of put those meetings together and go from there. So I do think that I will continue. I think the doors open on both ends now. And so I made a call to Clico. Uh, I try to handle my council business, uh, whatever happens on Tuesday, I really do try to handle it on Wednesday and get it, you know, just while it's all fresh. So I did make a call and said, I, I don't have any dates. I don't have anything, but you know, we would like to continue. Uh, and the council was vocal that they would like me to continue, but uh, you know, Let's just see how it, how it shakes out. So I think over the next, I mean, I'm not rushing to go do something next week. Um, I think over the next months, you know, we'll continue talking. And if we can get to something, we have a baseline now. You know, the good thing is we were only uh, couldn't reach what we needed to on one item. So all those other items should stay in the game. And uh, that's a better baseline than what we started with. So I'm encouraged that, uh, you know, we'll be able to move the ball from there. So All right. Had a couple of uh, issues in regard to selling vehicles, yeah. NIPD vehicles. Yeah, we thought we had two Dodge Chargers that we could get. T- we, we actually thought we would get 25000 And if you look, you know, pandemic, if you look a year ago, you know, when prices really spiked and everything, I mean, people were getting crazy money for vehicles. So, uh and, we, and these are loaded, obviously, these vehicles. Yeah, but, I mean, they're used. Package. They're four years of being used. Yeah, but they are police package vehicles. So we thought we were sitting on a gold mine. And we did a little research, but we just thought, yeah, let's push it. So we wanted $23,000 a car because that money goes back to the PD to help equip the new cars sure. that we are replacing the fleet with. So we want to get as much money as we can, and I don't think anybody can fault us for that. So we tried at 23 and we had 
four or five agents agencies oh we got to have them we got to have them that was happening when they just heard that we might be selling them so that probably influenced us uh the chief and i to go to the high end and we tried and then one by one they all did more research and they all bought you know the same kind of car for sixteen, seventeen, eighteen thousand dollars. So our twenty three thousand was not, you know, just not what the market would bear right now. So we had a big discussion about that, brought it back to the council, and now we will try to sell them again at a lower price. But uh, we had already passed something that it was twenty three, so we had to come back to amend it. All right. And a couple items, uh, both ordinances up for final adoption in regard to electric vehicle uh, stations. That's the same thing that's been going on, and, and ironically, it's from Clico. Mm-hmm. It's a grant that uh, gives us two charging stations. They wanted them as close to the highway as they could, the, the future I-49. So they are going to the city property. Um, they were going to the city property at Spanish Town. But when we realized we had to spend a ton of money because we had to do so much concrete, we had to bring electrical, we had to do, well, suddenly the free charging stations weren't looking too free, okay? And as much as I'd like to have them, I'd like to have a couple downtown, I'd like to have those on the highway, I'm thinking, you know, we don't have any in town, i got to figure out a way to make this work. We talked to the owners of the Hampton, which is adjacent to that property, and made a deal with them. And so it, it slowed the process down for about six months because now you got double the lawyers and, and double the trouble when you change something. But it's all worked out. And so the edge of the parking lot at the Hampton that abuts the city's property is where we're going to put them. So technically the charging station is probably, you know, right at the line. And then people will pull in and park at, and use, utilize the uh, Hampton's concrete that's already there. Well, they already had electrical there. They already had. So that, that worked out to where we could say, all right, it's worth doing. So we'll have two charging stations. The city will maintain them because that's in the deal, and it's like a three-year deal. But that gives us the start of, you know, if there's any, you know, electric vehicles heading down, I didn't want them to skip. No, if I can get oh, them yeah. off the highway, I want to get them off the highway. So uh, anyway, but that's what that's about. And you've heard so much about it because we changed the plan and, kind of had to redo some things uh you know just to make it all legal will there be highway signage uh, saying hey ev that's what we charging are, station we're, we're working ahead. on that yes yes that's something that we are pushing for we got to get permission from dot we got to get the charging stations first. sure sure and then that is in part of the plan is that we would be able to do that uh, and at some point in the future they've changed the location of it three and four times and done all kind of crazy designs of giant roundabouts and things that would cost way too much money but it looks like the frontage road will still come. It's not coming straight through the city property, but it's coming to that you know city property uh, in sometime in the future. And so once we would get that uh, frontage road right there, which is that final connector, and it has to happen before it's declared I forty nine. That is going to give you know access. I mean, directly to that. All right. Uh, very good. And let's see, another uh, ordinance that was up, uh, again, uh, the rabies control issue, uh, not just rabies, but obviously animal yeah, housing control, Housing animals, too. correct, correct. Yeah, we finally uh, will be able to sign that new contract, and that's a two-year contract where we pay $140,000 more to the parish. We get 15 kennels and five cat kennels, and we get someone that is uh, working in the city. We originally were getting someone dedicated only to the city. That's changed. It's someone that will, you know, work the city, but they didn't tie them down as I wish they would have. We're paying a half the salary to the city uh, exclusively. 
But that's now we'll sign that. We do all know we had a big discussion about this is not the final answer for any one of us. You know, the parish's shelter is, is old and aged and showing its age and has some issues. Uh, they're going to deal with those. But over the two years, you know, some bigger decisions are going to have to be made. You know, and who's the loser in this are the, the animals. But uh, we are going to have to figure that out. We have two years, which is not really a long time because it would be a couple of million dollar investment. But it's going to have to happen. So either the city and parish partner, and then I still have to pay all these fees and labor and housing and all of that, uh, or the city does it on its own. And I am exploring both options, and I'm glad I have two years. So we are, and I think the parish is doing it therein too. It well could be a you know, beneficial thing to do it together. On the flip side, it well could be kind of like the police, the sheriff contract, police contract that you pay and the price keeps going up and you don't have the the final control. So we're just going to have to make some decisions and uh, you have more liability if you do it yourself, but you have total control and, you know, you can provide the service that uh, and if your citizens want a better service, you you know, they have representation to get a better service. Um, So we're just going to have to flesh that out. But this was a Band-Aid, and that's all I'm calling it. It was a stopgap measure because we had received a letter that said we quit in February. Um, So something had to happen. So this will give us time so that both parish and city entities can figure out what's best for them. All right. Uh, And councils seem to be on a similar page, too, uh, in the idea of uh, owning their own yeah, and, and we're going to flesh it out. Uh, I have some sketches. I was uh, very fortunate to build a lot of angel paws, uh, built all the cat house, did some runs, did uh, some improvements on the kennels. Uh, so I've been there quite a few times, you know, and uh, did some original work years ago. So I'm taking that knowledge, and uh, I've been looking at other areas, most of them out of state, actually, but other new dog shelters and kind of looking at, you know, how they're constructed. So i got some sketches. My draftsman's going to draw them for me, and I am going to, uh, you know, actually price all this out and, and, and kind of know where we are. All right. Have property, and uh, that's yeah. a big plus. And anyway, we'll see. All right. Uh, resolutions, including... Um, uh, Previously discussed item, uh, naming Admiral Doyle Drive as Veterans Memorial Drive or yeah, Memorial Troy, Parkway. Yeah, Troy Como came with that concept and uh, did a presentation, and the council, I mean, we all thought it was a great idea. It doesn't, I don't want to do a road name change unless everybody on that road wants to do it. And you cannot just go to tenants. It's the property owners. Yeah. Uh, because we have another issue where someone has done a... Uh, petition but they didn't get the property owners uh and then even the people that signed who were just tenants when they realized what they had to go through to change their address they started calling my office saying i don't want to change it so that's uh we did one road change since i've been here remember we changed shot street to velma lee lane was two three residents on that at this point (laughs) yeah yeah a little easier for something like that yeah the council chambers was packed even for that yeah you know so that's a big undertaking so this is just to dedicate the road um without changing the name so it's it's a no-brainer so we all uh, totally said we would support that i'll be getting with troy to give him a, the resolution that we support it and uh he can go from there to uh get approval for the state and hell i'll even make the signs i mean you know but what's wonderful if public works having a sign department we're uh beginning to make more and more signs uh now we're looking at how we can make street signs larger 
because in many instances you really don't see them. Uh, it would be nice to see them from more than just like yes, 10 feet in front That's of them. That's what happens. Yeah. That's what happens. So we're talking about that. And I see that in other places, I do too. too. I do, too. As you travel about and you're looking for a street and... You gotta. You almost have to stop in front yep. of every just to street read the just to see. Okay, and, this is the one. And what we uh, we're trying to do is, as we replace them, make them larger. But I mean, I'm kind of glad in a way. But nothing's happening to force me to replace them. So now we're going to look at ramping that up. But anyway, so uh, we just put up on Lewis Street after three years of trying uh, a sign that's de- dedicates uh, and honors uh, Eddie Delahousie, the jockey. Uh, that just went up this week, and, and we made that in-house. And so uh, now, now I think we're going to get dangerous with signs. But uh, I'd like to go to Lafayette and put some on the, on the interstate turn to New Iberia. <laughs> I don't know if I'm quite – maybe I'll do that my last term. <laughs> but uh, And like uh, those uh, Chick-fil-A – I'm not a big Chick-fil-A fan, but I'm, uh-huh. I love their advertising. Mm-hmm. Oh, the yeah. cows yeah. and, you know, striking out one thing. You strike out Morgan City. I and I just think that would be fun. You know, New Iberia. Yep, yep. All right. Another uh, resolution would authorize you to execute documentation in regard to the national opioid uh, litigation. Yeah, that's been going on. It's a lawsuit that we had nothing to lose by joining. If we ever get any money, it certainly will be directed to uh, have a lot of strings on it about, you know, opioid prevention, that kind of thing. But who wants to pass any money up? So it hasn't really cost us anything to be in it. And you're going to see that uh, come up. Uh, yeah, I guess until it's settled, we've already been talking about it for probably two years. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. All right. Another uh, couple of resolutions in regard to a water sector program grant. That is the $5 million that we've already gotten. And it's weird. With the state, you get the money, and then now it's almost like you're applying for the grant after you get the money. It's a little backwards. So there's, you're going to see that at quite a few meetings. It's paperwork. It's just catching up and giving the state the documentation that it needs since we're getting $5 million, and that's going to be that flow reroute of sewer that is finally going to take the pressure off of Acadian Acres and flow reroute uh, a good amount of sewer to the what we call the new plant, you know, the uh Street plant. All right. Had an item, uh, had a change order in the overlay project. Uh, yes, and it that? wasn't any money. It was just time. They record their rain days. They record their delays. We even had some... Uh, uh, supply chain issues with the with the aggregate for the asphalt but we've had rain and so the contractor documents that because he gets paid uh by the month but by the day if he's behind schedule at the end of the job he gets liquidated damages that are you know hundreds of dollars a day so it behooves him to keep that up and document so uh we i did that every month on my pay app as a con we still do as a contractor so that was just to give him the time that he could, you know, justify and that the engineer would justify that the site conditions were too wet or it was raining or they had a supply chain issue. So it grants them more time in the contract. All Staves right. off those daily penalties. Overall, how are uh, the, the process going? Progress, I guess. So. It's going good in the last month because the weather straightened out. Before that, they were probably two months behind. So, and there's your 60 days that they could document. If it would stay like this, same thing at the Pepperplex. I was out there this morning. If the weather can give us another two or three weeks like this, I don't know that it can. I see a little rain for maybe tomorrow and then for the next Friday. Very little, though. But very little. Very little. So we should have at least another good week. Um, And they're catching up. I mean, you give them. And see, concrete's much more susceptible. The asphalt streets... 
your worst part is deep moving all that equipment. Asphalt streets are cheaper. As you scarify and rip off all you need to rip off, it's a giant dusty mess. As you put it back, though, it's very economical. And if it rains, it doesn't really hurt. No. Concrete, whole another story. Yeah. So you get rain, and then you can't work for three days sometimes where the asphalt, I mean, the rain's not even really finished, and they back out working. So that's the problem. The beauty of concrete is that it's very durable, and then you can change, and that's, which is what we're doing. You don't have to change the whole street. You change the panels that are bad. Um, but anyway, that uh, if it rains, you're going to have more time extensions. Gotcha. And let's see, next uh, item on the agenda. Again, see, uh, I've learned so much about streets and streets <laughs> construction. That's just why we need to try to keep it going. There you go. Some kind of way. LA, and no, and there's some truth to that, right? There is. Uh, especially there is. momentum, having a little momentum there. Um, you had um, authorizing a resolution authorizing you to execute any and all documentation in regard to a couple of LA uh, DOTD projects, 675 and 87. What's going on there? That's Hopkins Street, and uh, that's a big project that's coming that we talk about often, and, and it was in the road swap from when Mayor Curry was here, so it has to be finished for me to sign the road swap. But DOTD, you know, doesn't move very fast, So, but it's a huge project. It's going to bring its own set of challenges because Hopkins is going to get ripped up. They have to put these huge drain boxes in. They go all the way to Bayou Tash, which is wonderful for the area because Armaco can't handle everything, and this will actually send some water in the other direction, which is, which is awesome. But to do that, you know, Loco's having to rip up water lines, sidewalks come up, streets come up, huge, huge project. I think you're 16 or 19 feet. I have to go look at the plan. I think it's 16 for sure. 16 feet deep where it comes out at the end. It's, it's a massive project. It is going to impact all the businesses on Hopkins Street. I'm asking them for we wrote, we wrote a letter. I don't know if it's finished, but from the meeting Tuesday, talking to the council, we roughed it out Wednesday or Thursday, so uh, Wednesday. So I got to look at it today. Probably be on my desk today. So probably sometime next week. I want to finesse it a little bit because uh, I'm trying not to beat up DOTD. We need them. <laughs> I need them to come and do more work. Okay, I don't want to. I don't want to get them jacked. But uh, I tried that and it didn't help. So we're trying to put a letter together that it lets them, they need to come hold a meeting and get my businesses on Hopkins Street to where we can all understand. With the, and we're not telling them no, and we can't tell them no, but we kind of want to know the impact and kind of know how they're going to stage it. I mean, you watch, they do this in Lafayette all the time, uh, but we're not used to that. I mean, this is a major deal. So uh, I'm going to try to get them to convey to them that I would like them to come down and uh, – meet with my businesses and, and help figure out how this animal, you know, is going to gonna come here and do what it does. What portion of 87 are we talking about? Um, a lot of people think of it as Old General Road or Parkview, but um, or w- what portion are we talking about? Uh, I'm going to get back with you on that. Okay. I've been concentrating on Hopkins Street so I, much. I seem to it's remember just being a it's little a, bit. It's, it's only two blocks. It's nothing. Where, where it was a somewhat of a connector. I, I think that's what it, it is, yeah. but I would rather not say, but it's not much. I mean, the, the maybe main a portion project, of Oak Street, yeah, maybe. It's, it's yeah. very minor right up there, but the main problem or the main project is Hopkins Street. All right. Um, I'll, I'll check that out for you there. Fair enough. Fair enough. A uh, couple other items. Um, Royal Security, uh, getting back to Park Elementary School, um, yes. want to secure that? Yeah, we have about $125,000 of ARPA funds that are dedicated to be spent there to renovate one wing and put it in use again. 
for West End Park. But I don't want to spend a dime over there. There's been some vandalism. Thank God it was all before we bought it. But there's been some theft and some vandalism. So we are paying raw security to get us a, a security system. All right. Uh, and then you've got an introduction of an ordinance uh, regarding that, too. Yes. Okay. Yes. Then introduced a few other ordinances, or at least we're uh, set to uh, uh, excess forfeiture uh, receipt restricted to be used as narcotics or that's, from narcotics. Yeah, that's some narcotics money, and narcotics money by state law can be seized and held on to, but can only be used for narcotics or, uh, you know, something in narcotics prevention for that division, for that department, if you will. Uh, you, it's very varied what it can do within helping getting drugs off the street, basically, helping our detectives do their job. And so that is some money that we are going to buy some tools that they need. All right. Uh, another, um, it, it, that's, does that ha- that's got to sit for a little while, like an escrow oh, yeah, or no, something. Oh, yeah, it takes a while. Yeah. You have to, yeah. you have to uh, get permission from the district attorney to get the money, and yeah, it, it's not a quick thing. All right, uh, ordinance uh, introduction in regard to the American Rescue Plan Act or ARPA funds. Um, Every time we change something, we have to update it because we do these quarterly reports, and if we're ever wrong, we got to pay the money back. So the big change was we had a million dollars. It was dedicated for drainage, but we dedicated it as a match. If the state would have come out with drainage money like they did sewer money, well, they're not. So we want to clean those canals. So we're still leaving it in the drainage category. We're just moving it and reclassifying it to say now it is directly going to be used to clean those canals. But you have to have everything to a T with the federal government. And so all along the, you know, this ARPA, we've already had probably four or five of those. All along this whole time that we fool with that ARPA money, every once in a while we will be making some adjustments in the verbiage or the use or a combination of both to make sure that what we submit is, you know, accepted. All right. And then uh, the final item uh, in large part, uh, the idea of uh, closing the Deer Street Railroad crossing. Yeah, yeah, because we're supposed to be closing Caroline by DOTD's plan, and Deer Street was, already has arms and lights. And then now we're being penalized in a way or, or frowned upon because we wanted to change the plan. So the council person for that area says, look, there's a rehab center. There's been an addition to the old folks' home. There's much more traffic on it than it had when you looked at this 10 years ago. Would you relook at it? Um, we haven't got anywhere with that. There was another crossing that's going to be closed, which is Providence. So it seemed to, the last time you guys discussed it that Providence was off the table, that they were doing some work over well, there. Well, I think it is the letter I got. So so from the last time council meeting, I wrote a letter exactly like they asked me to and put my contractor spin on it of, you know, don't double, double charge me to close something because you're already going to close one anyway. Just take the arms and lights from Deer Street, put it at Caroline, take the money that you were closing Caroline and put that at Deer. Boom. You know, if there is a charge, it should not be that much. Well, you know, it came back. It was four to five hundred thousand dollars. They would not. Uh, the railroad's policy is never reuse a, a crossing arm. So they wouldn't do that. And then they still said they were charging fifty thousand dollars to close out the crossing. So you're looking at a half million dollars. We don't have a half million dollars to throw at this. And they know it. So then we, you know, wrote them again and said, well, you can. Can you do this? Can you do that? So we put on the agenda to have a discussion about it. Um, and we are having a discussion about it. We didn't come to any conclusion at that discussion. Um, you can see that 
some council members think we, we're not gonna put any money up let's just you know get this over with and take the deal that's been on the table some council members are no let's you know even could we put up any money and i didn't really it didn't come up that way in the council meeting but you know the original price that they quoted us and said that those crossings were based on and i know things have gone up but it was two hundred fifty thousand dollars so in my mind all right i put up 20 percent match for all kind of stuff i put up fifty thousand dollars and they put up 250 uh 200 and i put up 50 and we you know swap it if you will I can't do I can't do a hundred thousand um, dollars, and that hasn't even been on the table yet. So I know there's been talks. You know, Sean Wilson, who I could pick up the phone. His his number's in my phone. Well, he resigned. He is going to run for governor, so he's no longer the director of DOTD. I haven't met the new person, so uh, you know I'm going to write another letter going up the chain to the people that I uh, work with, but. You know, that guy is pretty deadhead set on this is the way the plan is. You know, I think that's why they threw out the four to five hundred thousand dollar number because he, he's not flexible on that. So we didn't really make a decision. You'll see it come back again because we at some point are going to have to. I am going to flesh it out. I know the council person for that district is, you know, making calls and trying to get some kind of answer as well. So we're going to look at what our options are one more time. But it's, uh, you know, it's a bear. All right. It's the railroad. Anything else out of the council announcements or uh, your no, announcements? Anything of no, note? That's about it. We, uh, I went to the pre-construction meeting for Felicity's Landing one day this week. I saw a blur. But uh, that project will be starting soon because uh, that gives us 120 feet of dock and two sets of stairs to come out of the bayou right, right here downtown behind the Steamboat Pavilion. So, somebody had asked me if there was going to be a landing you know, where you could launch yeah, from. No, we can't do that. And I, 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 was, I was thinking the same thing, and I said, I'm pretty yeah, sure that you, City trail. Park. Yeah, you City know, Park. If you I'm need back. to. Um, City Park. Yeah. I, don't think, I, I don't think we need another yeah. boat launch. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so went to a pre-construction meeting on that, so that's going to be starting pretty soon. Met with the architects and walked through the Steamboat Pavilion and how we are looking at the bathroom in the back and the stage on top. Uh, authorize the engineers to do some soil bores so they can look at the structural stuff. So those plans are being worked on. Uh, we're back and forth constantly on the sprinkler system for sear gates, which would get us legal and also make us a legitimate shelter that my crews didn't, my fire crews didn't have to spend 24 hours a day there anytime somebody occupies it. Um, we got some water issues for water pressure. And so we, I met this morning on that and we're looking at our options uh, of how we're going to address that issue. But uh, let's see, West End Park, Bank Park, and Boys and Girls Club, which is also going to the West End, they all bid out on March 22nd. So if those come in the money like I'm hoping, we, we, you know, we're off to the races there. Uh, so you, you're going to see over, and I had kind of promised that, that 23 is the year. Over the course of this whole year, you, you're really going to see. I, I just came from the uh, more projects. I just came from the Prepperplex. It's, uh, they're, they're doing well. The weather's cooperating. They get another good week. I think they'll catch the schedule up. This year's playing for Little League and soccer has definitely been impacted and will continue to be impacted. I mean, we're, they're in the middle of a construction zone. So it's a waiting game uh, like they would love to get the four T-ball fields are turfed, but nothing around it's finished. The bathrooms aren't finished. You can't get there. It's dangerous. to You're walking through the middle of a construction site. Uh, depending on how many weeks, I think they start in April. I would love, if we hadn't got the rain we got, you know, we would have made it. 
So I'm not sure that they'll probably have to start with the front fields. And then now it's a matter of, well, at least some of the season could the kids play and they have more T-ball signups than ever uh, or than in a while. Uh, I don't think that's the case with the, with the older kids, but with the T-ball, I think they actually signed up more kids than they thought they would, and that's a great thing. But uh, I just would like them sometime this season to be able to play on the new fields. So we hope, and I went to a meeting this morning, but uh, the contractor really did get far behind with all the rain. And for whatever reason, a water table, if you dig, you scratch six inches down, water's coming up. All of that area is just terrible for that. I mean, as I watch that they're setting poles or digging for electrical, I mean, you know, the water table there is, I'm not kidding, really hot. Uh, so that's a problem. If things stay wet much longer than they should. Gotcha. But uh, anyway, so a lot of projects going on, a lot of things happening. All right. Always a pleasure. Appreciate oh, no, you joining you. us. Sure.